0: Welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist podcast. I'm Dee, the managing editor at Anifem. I also run the anime blog, The Jose Next Door, and you can find me on Twitter, at Jose Next Door. And today I'm joined by fellow Anifem staffers, Vry and Caitlin.
1: Hey, uh, I'm Vry Kaiser. I'm an editor and contributor at Anime Feminist. Uh, you can find all the places I freelance by going to my Twitter, at WriterVry, and checking my pinned thread. Or you can find the other podcast I co-host, at Pod.
2: Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, I'm a writer and editor for Anifem, as well as uh, running my own blog. I have a heroin problem, a heroin with an E, and uh, the I am the anime expert for The Daily Dot. And you can find me on Twitter at altsoon underscore Dere.
0: And today we're doing something we have never done before. <gasps> a manga variety hour! Actually... We've never done a podcast about a manga series, period, so this is a brave new world, and we have no idea what we're doing. Hopefully it turns out okay, and we can do more of these going forward. So, uh, listeners, please do let us know your thoughts in the Annie Femme comments. Yeah, a lot of people asked for, like,
1: recommendation podcasts, so we're giving it a whirl.
0: Yeah, it'll run a little bit like our season recommendation podcast, but also not like that at all, so it should be great. Okay. With Halloween right around the corner, and with us all being total suckers for paranormal nonsense, we've opted to kick things off by doing the Manga Monster Mash. We'll be discussing, pitching, and griping about a grab bag of creature features. With any luck, it will be a Graveyard Smash. Uh, Also, fair warning, I have named each segment, and all the names are terrible, and most of them have cheesy introductions. Y'all are welcome. Um, so let's kick things off with our first segment. This one's for you folks at home who zone out after 10 minutes of listening to a podcast. It's coming in hot. So get ready for our fast pitch. <laughs> so our fast pitch for our Monster Mash is The Promised Neverland. Uh, it is written by Kai Shidai. The art is by Poska Demizu and it is published in English by Viz Media. Um, I feel like this series is pretty well known at this point, but, uh, do either of you want to do a quick summary of it?
1: Uh, do you want me to do this? It's so hard because like the this is one of those that has like a big twist in the first chapter and like discovering that twist by accident was kind of fun
0: honestly It was that is
2: true it, Yeah it's true but at the same time a, we can't It's
0: about a bunch of orphans living on a uh living in a community together with a mother and they discover things are not what they seem. We firmly believe The Promised Neverland deserves its own podcast. I think about half our team is uh, reading it, and if not more, um, and we're all very into it. But with the anime coming up and the manga supposedly entering its final arc, we sort of thought it would be best to wait and like give it a proper discussion. But uh, we thought, since we're doing you know a, a big podcast on monster series, that uh, hitting up The Promised Neverland, you just you kind of had to, right? We just kind of had to recommend this one for this mm-hmm. podcast, so... Um, I love it. Are y'all about in agreement with me on that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like shonen manga are usually super not my
1: bag, but this one is is unique enough and also deliberately paced enough. Like it has a beginning, middle, and end. It's going to end at a reasonable time. <laughs> I'm about that. It
0: is. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, it also has a female protagonist, which is relatively rare in shonen and almost unheard of in Weekly Shonen Jump um so that's also very exciting she's great by the way emma um, oh yeah and i love her without getting too deep into it again for folks who are like kind of wanting to discover it themselves um it does definitely deal with some uh issues involving like gendered expectations for the characters and like social critiques and it's it's a very sophisticated excellently Paste plotted story um i wrote an article about it for those who have read it um or for those who really don't mind being spoiled um on the site called emma's choice so you can check that out and we'll link to it in the uh podcast notes as well um anything else we want to say about our fast pitch or should we should we move on read it you'll like it i'm Good. pretty sure um, it does have some horror and gore elements, so, like, if that's not your bag, obviously that'll probably be a deal-breaker, but otherwise it's it's really great, it's, so, yeah. I mean,
2: and it's pretty, like, it's relatively mild. Um, I'm not a big horror person, and I'm definitely not a gore person, mm-hmm. but I nev- I've never really minded anything I've come across in The Promised Neverland.
0: That's true. It is relatively restrained. Um, it, there's still some disturbing imagery, but it's, yeah, I wouldn't say it's, like, heavy on the gore, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now of course there are a lot of manga out there we don't all have time to read the same things so for this next segment one of us will be giving the other two our very best sales pitch on why a particular title is worth precious minutes and hard-earned monies Vry, why don't you hit me with your best sell (laughs) fire away how
2: can I say no to that (laughs) oh an anime all karaoke episode just an episode (laughs) of us all singing (laughs)
1: all dancing The dancing is in spirit. Uh, Yeah, I have been reading a manga called Requiem of the Rose King, which is an ongoing manga published by Viz and uh, written and drawn by Ayakano. I don't know if I'm recommending it or if I'm just vaguely noodling about it. I actually think I'm pretty sure I'm not (laughs) recommending it, but I also can't stop reading it.
0: You're not hitting me with your best self. No, I'm not. <laughs> I can't. This, that's why this was a working title. <laughs> Continue. Uh, the, it, it is a,
1: it was pitched to me as the lulzy Shakespeare manga, which is not untrue. Uh, it is a gothic manga reinterpretation of Richard III with a lot of Shakespeare's other history plays sprinkled in. Um, and when I say interpretation, I mean that in the loosest sense possible. The biggest The biggest change probably is that, you know, you may know that Richard III, as as written by Shakespeare, became this one of of literature's great villains because, you know, he was writing a play and his benefactors were the royal family that kind of overthrew Richard Plantagenet. So it kind of behooved him to exaggerate a little bit. Um, And, you know, he... He had a, a hump and a shriveled arm and most of that probably wasn't true. But uh, for the manga, mm-hmm. the manga decided, no, 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 manga is only for pretty people. So it made the decision that <laughs> that Richard's curse, uh, Richard's cursed thing that marks him out as a horrible demon from the bi- from infant hood uh, is the fact that he is intersex, which is mm, a decision. It is a oh boy. decision.
0: Oh, no. Uh, yeah. You know what, right? You know why I thought this was going to be a pitch segment? I got this confused with Bloody Mary, which I knew you did really like.
1: Oh no, I do really like Bloody
0: Mary. Do we want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to keep talking to us about your obsession with Requiem for the Rose King, um, you are welcome to do so. I just I just got the monster series confused. <laughs> I'm legit,
1: like... Uh, um, I actually do want to talk about Bloody Mary, though. I like that series. Um... <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yes, so I read Bloody Mary, uh, which is a 10-volume series published by Viz and written and drawn by Akaza Samamiya. It is a vampire manga, uh, and it is very silly. I-, I think it's qualified as shoujo rather than BL because the it's quite obviously a romance, but uh, the characters never smooch.
2: It is released under beat, the shojo beat label, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So basically, someone somewhere decided it was a, it was a shoujo. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So basically there is a vampire named Mary. Don't think about it too hard. He, uh, and he wants to, he wants to die and he can't basically many comedy shenanigans. Uh, and he comes seeking out this priest named Maria who supposedly has the ability to exercise vampires. Um, and he's like, all right, great. I found you. Please kill me. And Maria is not about it, uh, because partially because he's lost his powers. You know, he's supposed to have these great world shattering powers, but they've been locked away for plot reasons. And so he says, all right, I can't do this. Uh, but if you stick around with me and help them like act as my bodyguard, then eventually when I figure this out, I'll kill you. And he's like, um, and so the two of them are kind of on this mystery tour to figure out, why Mary wants to die and why he can't remember his past, um, and what happened to Maria—that is the reason he bears these exorcism powers, but also isn't capable of using them. And it is silly gothic shenanigans of nonsense. It is—it is, <laughs> it, it is on the one hand this totally melodramatic thing where that that swings between like comedy suicide attempts and also like these very serious speeches about wanting to die and how how living forever is awful and it's so sad and tragic and they're you know beautiful vampire people who are wearing exquisitely drawn outfits um and and then it'll naturally
0: of course what else
1: would vampires be wearing of course and it's good and i'm about it but also it's kind of adorably sincere like the uh, mary and maria have like a really genuinely cute bond that i got really invested in i I really wanted to to see them learn to communicate with each other and you guys you guys what if he learns he maybe doesn't want to die after
0: all (gasps) gasp it's i never would see
1: that plot twist coming like it's it's totally melodrama popcorn but also you know there is It is a love story. It's about these characters learning that they need each other and they want to be together forever. Um, There's no sexual assault in it. Uh, There is- Hooray! I know! The bar is so (laughs) low! (laughs) (laughs) Um, they, They have a fun dynamic. The art is pretty and very lush in that goth shoujo way. And yeah, it's 10 volumes long. It's completed and it's been totally released in English. So you can read the whole thing and have done. I don't know why we're not we're getting an anime of 10 count instead of this. I'm so mad.
0: There's so many things we could be getting an anime of instead of 10 count. Yeah. Um, this is definitely on the list. So yeah, this sounds like a... So I'm, yeah, I, I'm going to refer to it as a BL, even if it isn't technically in the genre, because it sounds like it kind of uh, falls into that category a little bit in terms of being a, a queer love story. So that sound, it sounds like a fun little BL. I, I am kind of a sucker for... for uh, paranormal stories so yeah it, well,
2: now I'm sad my library doesn't have that one
0: I had to get it through interlibrary
1: alone um it, it was it was good it was a good choice yeah it's a
0: bit of a deep cut it's one I vaguely remember coming out when I was working at a bookstore mm-hmm. um and I just never quite got around to giving it a try so yeah I
1: feel like the releases have been drip fed for a long time like the last mm-hmm. volume just came
0: out in the last couple months mm-hmm yeah, I think they were releasing it like as it was coming out in Japan, I'm guessing. Don't quote me on that, folks. I am not looking at the Wikipedia page as I say those words. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I was... Because I read it because, well,
1: it's vampires. I guess I gotta. And I wound up being really pleasantly surprised. It was, it was a good pick.
0: That's great. I will have to see if I can snag that one at some point um, and give it a read because I'm always, I'm always trying to get more into, um, especially like BL titles and I just, I just have a tough time because of the assault issue that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so much um, that of the does, popular stuff is so... That does crop up in a lot of the popular series that have made it into English, yeah. Um, not to say that it's in like the, even the majority of BL titles, it probably isn't, it just seems to be in a lot of the stuff that's in English, so it's, tougher to track things down
2: and the stuff that gets adapted to anime mm.
0: god yes especially the stuff that gets adapted to anime um overwhelmingly so which well, is irritating we'll but,
2: always have jackass
0: <laughs> yeah and we'll always have and there's yeah i mean we're definitely seeing more the more titles we get in the u.s the more um non-assault involved manga we'll get so um that's that's always good so yeah hopefully and, and i'm sure we'll have like eight this. If, if
1: this podcast goes well, I'm sure we'll have one down the line that talks about ones that don't stock. And I, we uh, we recommended a few on the BL podcast. We did a few episodes back. So Oh, for sure. There. Yeah.
0: But it sounds like this is a nice one to add to that list, too, especially if you're into vampers, which uh, it's kind of... I know you and I are. Um, <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else you'd like to say about uh, Bloody Mary Vry no. to get us to check this one out? No, no, no. I think no. you sold that pretty well. Hey. Hey, Caitlin. Yeah. This dance floor is lonely. Take my hand, won't you? (laughs) Because, you see, it may only take one to read a comic, but it takes two to Mango. Oh, God. Dee. I'm so tired. I'm on so many cold meds. So many cold meds. Uh, Yes, two to Mango, where a pair of your hosts share their thoughts on a manga they've both been reading. And I hope you guys brought some margaritas, because I'm bringing the salt on this one. Yeah. it is The Ancient Magus' Bride by Kore Yamazaki, published in English by Seven Seas. Um, quick summary for those who don't know, we've talked about this in our Anime Recommendations podcast, but if you're coming in for the manga version, um, it is the story of Chise, a girl known as a sleigh-beggy who can see the fae and work magic. Um, after a traumatic childhood of being tossed between different relatives, she offers to sell herself in an otherworldly auction. Um, She is bought there by Elias, an inhuman mage who offers to become her magic teacher and also intends to make her his bride. Uh, The two begin a complicated relationship as Chise works towards uh, understanding her powers, gaining confidence, and self-realization. Talking about this one without spoiling it is going to be difficult. But, uh, Caitlin, you, I think, weren't actually on any of our podcasts where we talked about the ancient magic's bride, um, the anime
2: version. I don't think So, so.
0: I am curious to hear your thoughts. We've never really gotten your uh, your thoughts on this series, this very popular series.
2: You know, I have not read the latest volume of the manga out of fear, because That's fair. your reaction to it was very strong. I like a lot about it. Um, I like Chisei's sort of emotional journey and um, her journey of healing outside of. Uh, her relationship with Elias Um, I love the like folklore elements Um, folklore being incorporated into popular culture is always so fun Um, and it makes me feel a little bit like uh, this is such a chilly cheesy thing to say but like um, my grandma's my grandmother is English and so like there was always like a lot of like you know English like children's literature and stuff I read a lot of Beatrix Potter as a kid um, and so that was sort of, it's not like she was, like, putting out milk for the fairies or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's, it sort of brings to mind, like, some of my, my more immediate background, um, and sort of, uh, elements of, like, my grandmother's life that I may, uh, never really have, uh, been aware of, um, so that's, that's always kind of cool, like, something that takes place in, like, the English countryside as opposed to, like, your BBC dramas all set in London and stuff like that, and the, the folklore. But, man, yeah, no, that... It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one to get past.
0: Um, Yeah, so did you watch the anime all the way through? I did not. Okay, so I couldn't even, like... Because the way the anime ends is, is basically... The manga hadn't gotten to that point yet, and then we got to that point, point. it was basically the same... And I have rage quit this series, dear listeners. Um, and I was, I for some reason had thought you had read the most recent volume. Um, I'm sorry I, have I scared it. you away from it. I have um, it. Okay. I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Because <laughs> I'm just like,
2: ah, I don't want to, I don't want to be mad about it.
0: Yeah, and I know, um... Peter's keeping up with this one as well, and he he sadly couldn't join us for this this podcast. But I know his I know his thoughts, and I know the thoughts on some other folks who have read who have watched the anime or read the manga are a lot more charitable than mine. Um, I felt like mo- the more recent events undid a lot of the character development and direction the story seemed to be taking Chise in a mm-hmm. way that really didn't sit well with me. And they could be playing a long game, and maybe they will eventually address it, but at this point, um, I've kind of lost faith in the story, which sucks. Um, I've never, it's, it's rare for me to feel betrayed by a story, and I felt, A, I felt kind of betrayed by the story, and B, I felt like I kind of betrayed our readers, because I was really big on this one when the first episode uh, came out of the anime, well, and so I was like, know. well, shit. Uh, so <laughs> we, we have, have all known. been known, I think. No. And again like we have we have a very good article on our site um, by Lindsay Leverage talking about how the show discusses um, depression and trauma and she said in her piece that like the even even though the ending did backtrack in a lot of ways she didn't feel like it took away from what the story had done before. So not everyone is going to feel the way I feel about it, but I am salty and annoyed and I hope I'm wrong. And it goes and it continues to like develop in the direction. It seemed like it was going to develop, but um, they, they made some big, they created a big chasm and then like tried to paper a bridge over it. And it did not work for me at all.
2: Yeah. Like what I know about Frau Faust, uh, which was, is by the same writer, From what I know about it, um, it's not super surprising because I think the things that we thought it was that uh, the ancient mages' bride was interrogating was actually playing straight. Is that that that's my feeling on it?
0: Well, that is that can that is extra concerning for the next for the next segment we're moving into, um, which. I had call which we have, uh, we, I say we, I'm sorry, guys, I shouldn't be implicating don't put, Yeah, minus, don't put this on in us. In these crimes. <laughs> um, the next segment is called One for Your Money, and it's where we'll talk about a volume one we recently read and what we thought and if we'll keep up with it. So this is not a guarantee that the series is going to hold up, but it is a here's one volume of a thing and here's what we think. Um, and I thought it would be thematically appropriate to jump from one Kora Yamazaki monster series to another one, so, um, I had picked up the first few volumes of Frau Faust in a Kodansha digital sale a while back, sat on them, and then was like, hey, as long as we're doing this podcast, I might as well read the first volume. So I did. So yeah, I checked that out, hoping it would, um, give me the stuff I liked about the Ancient Magistice's Bride without the more troubling, uh, implications um and uh, as the title suggests it is a reimagining of the faust legend uh or should i just say faust is it foster faust does anyone know
1: most, most uh, people say faust. faust
0: faust okay i thought so but i was like i don't want to be like acting extra fancy over here like oh it's faust when it's not <laughs> um, so yeah uh but the manga follows the scholar uh, joanna also known as faust as she travels in search of the missing pieces of her demon contractor mephistopheles um, in the first chapter, she meets a boy, Marion, who wants an education, but um, he's too poor, poor to afford one. So he kind of like insists on traveling with Joanna on her journey um, because she is a very learned scholar and he wants to uh, keep picking up more information from her as they go. Um, the Inquisition is after her. She's got a homunculus daughter who runs an orphanage. Uh, overall, I thought it was I thought the first volume was a lot of medieval fantasy fun. So I did enjoy it and I do kind of plan on keep reading it. Um, I'm a sucker for the setting. Um, it seems like it's not, it's playing somewhat fast and loose with the Middle Ages. Like, there seems to be relative gender equality, um, as far as the first volume goes. The first volume was very short, by the way. Like, the last quarter of it is, um, like a standalone story that has nothing to, it's just like another Yamazaki, like, one-shot that she wrote. Um, so I really got a very limited idea of what the story was going to be about, um, but... It felt like she had worked. She'd created a world that let her, like you know, have this female scholar running around, uh, getting into scrapes, um, without having to deal with um, the kind of crap that a lot of middle that a lot of like medieval fantasy deals with, where the women are just like constantly subjected to sexist bullshit. So I appreciated that about it right off the bat, and made it made it easy to just kind of enjoy it. Um, there seems to be kind of a focus on personal freedom and choice. There's like a whole big scene in the last chapter, the first volume that's about that. Um, the dynamic between Faust and Mephistopheles is kind of sexual, I think it's right on the edge. So I'm curious to see where that's going. Um, and I think it helps that it's a Jose series because since it's targeted an older audience, I'm not, I'm a little more willing to go, well, it's, you know, being fun trash. If that is the direction it ends up going. And I don't know if that's the direction it will go. Um, I am a little concerned about some of the stuff going on with Faust's gender. Um, in the flashbacks, uh, she appears to not have boobs and have, and be dressed in more masculine presenting clothes. And I don't know how they're going to play that. Might be fine. Might be really bad. Um, so I am gonna come back to it because I do have the other volumes, but at this point I would, um, maybe tentatively recommend it? I'm afraid to recommend anything anymore. Uh, Ancient Magic's Bride did me bad. Dee, D, I, I, I once told people to read Killing Stalking
1: because I thought the first season was going to do interesting interrogative things that it was just gonna play straight, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've been there. Oops. Oops.
2: It, it no one, happens to no everyone. That's a
0: thousand. Yeah. Uh, So, so that was Frau Faust, but overall, I... Uh, Do you guys hear that? What was that? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what that means? We've got ourselves a Licensed Rescue (laughs) 911. Quick, Rye, what do we need to save today? I feel like I could
1: run this section for months and never run out of titles, which makes me really sad. Uh, But the title I want to talk about today is Pet Shop of Horrors by... Matsuri Akino. uh, it was published by Tokyopop. it ran for ten volumes, and it is one of my all-time favorite manga, and so it breaks my heart that it is no longer legally available. The, the story is set in 1990s LA in Chinatown. Uh, there is a man named Count D who, you know, supposedly runs runs a pet shop that sells love and dreams, and- You called? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no two less letters um
0: oh uh, well you know
1: and it's it, it's an ironic punishment series you know he'll sell you a pet usually one that looks like a human being and is very spooky uh and you sign a contract that has three uh you know it, it has three rules on it and if you break one of the rules he can't be held responsible for what happens to you usually that means people die in terrible ironic ways but sometimes it means that their lives get better uh occasionally and So while there are these, uh, along to these string of murders comes Detective Leon Orcott, who is positive that there is something weird going on with this pet shop, but he can never prove it, and everybody believes that he's just obsessed with this case, and he's completely, you know, lost the thread. And the manga is semi-episodic, but there is also a developing thread of Leon and Dee kind of having this, you know, foyer uh tete-a-tete it, it it is one of the many manga i love that is really queer but nobody ever confesses their love um it, it it's definitely about their obsession with each other and about them learning from each other um the art is absolutely gorgeous it, it's it's in that goth shoujo style i uh this is already a pattern um where there are these beautifully intricate um wardrobe designs and you know a lot of big eyes and detailed hair uh it's also quite effective as a horror series you know it uh both as gore and just um with kind of some interesting twilight zone-esque sort of uh thought experiments i guess uh it runs the it, it draws from a couple different mythologies in interesting ways I wish that it would get pecked back up and get a new translation, because Pop was kind of famous for, let us say, loose translations of, of manga series. And I've never actually seen side-by-side comparisons of Pet Shop, but it was kind of famously one of the ones that, like, there would be whole scenes where where background dialogue would originally be relevant to a scene and get changed to something else and i am inclined to believe people because there are definitely mo like plot it, there are definitely plot threads as i read it in english where things don't quite sync up in a way that it feels they're meant to lots of dropped threads and plot holes and i know for certain there was at least one short story that was just Omit like like an omake short that was just omitted from the English language release for no discernible reason.
0: Well, I mean, the reason was it was Tokyo Pop. The reason and was it was Tokyo Pop. Sometimes they did Pop. that. Yeah. Um, um, they they made great strides in making manga available to everybody, but they yeah, loose translations is a nice way to put it.
2: Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I I read it in when it was coming out when I was in high school, and I didn't realize that the translation was so awful
1: yeah yeah it's not like the, the the example i always think about for some reason is just like this translation of background text where something mysterious has happened because it's tuesday in pet shop of horrors um and supposedly in the original text um leon is thinking to himself like oh man he's this guy is really mysterious after all huh and in the english text he's just like thinking about oh man she looks kind of like that tattoo artist I sh I shacked up with one time because I don't know the what? English translation is very dedicated to ostensibly proving he's heterosexual.
0: Well, that's just silly. <laughs> so yeah, it does sound like this one could not could benefit from not just a license rescue but a full retranslation, uh, kind of like they're doing with Fruit to Basket right now.
1: Yeah, I I think it would be uh, great, and also like there is an OVA that I think you can still get. I don't think it's very good uh all of the it shows some of the most iconic monsters but in my mind some of the most boring stories that don't really show off the recurring characters very well so it's kind of a disappointment um and i think a one core anime series would suit this show extremely well it gives me feelings and sometimes i still go back to it and and have a good cry
0: was... <laughs> you didn't Aww. tell me it had feelings in it. There are feelings.
1: I hate to tell you this, but there are feelings.
0: No, that actually—that actually sells me on it more. Um, I'm not a huge—I'm real hit or miss on horror genre type stuff. But if I know that it's also got like you know emotional resonance, then. Then sign me up. Yeah, it's um, the OVA is on High Dive, by the way, in in the U.S. Anyway, obviously I can't guarantee other regions, but I was curious. So yeah, there's a four episode OVA on High Dive.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm sad about how not good it is. But yeah, so good good series i miss
0: it please somebody pick it up and retranslate it for me i think we all get at least one of those right Mm -hmm. now that we're now that we're big fancy um anime critics Mm -hmm. like we all get one license rescue i think that's how it works phew now that we've taken care of that emergency (laughs) i think it's high time we stop lavishing praise on series we are humorless feminists after all we can't be having fun all the time no so, with that in mind, let's turn it over to Caitlin for our manger corner Arr. to discuss a monsterific series that did just did not fly for you.
2: Nope. Um, uh, did not fly. I get it, because they're Tengu! That's right, this is Blackbird, which is basically just Twilight, but with Japanese mythological figures instead of uh, vampires and werewolves. Um... Blackbird is a being or it was released in uh, the US by Viz's shoujo beat label and it was written by Kanoko Sakurakoji and it is about a girl named Misao who can see uh, who can see monsters and then on her 16th birthday the monsters start trying to kill her but her childhood friend Kyo comes back and says that she is the uh what is it called? The Senka the Senka Maiden uh, and all, every monster is going to try to get her because um, eating her will give them eternal life and marrying her will bring their clan prosperity. So everyone's going to either try to marry and of course in these things marry always means have sex with her or to eat her.
0: Literal object to be gained. Mm -hmm. Awesome.
2: (laughs) Yep. And so, of course, he is going to be the one to marry her, and he immediately declares her his property, um, and insults her, and assaults her, and there's this whole thing where, you know how in Twilight, uh, Edward wouldn't have sex with Bella because he was afraid it would be too much, and he would... He wouldn't be able to resist eating her.
0: Yeah, or he'd kill her with his awesome vampire strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. He would just yeah, he would so just romantic. buck her to death. Yeah, <laughs> just, just just one thrust, and she, she
0: with just, his with his rock marble penis. Um <laughs> Their skin is described as being like rock. This is a fair concern on edward's part, quite frankly. That doesn't <laughs> sound like it would be any fun
2: anyway. <laughs> just oh, Ugh. anyway. Um. So in blackbird there is a a record that says that kyo should not fuck the sun come maiden for some reason and they will not tell her why and she wants to fuck kyo and he wants to fuck her but he can't (laughs) let her and he just constantly shames her for wanting to and they won't tell her why and of course the reason why it ends up being that once they once they start having sex they just can't stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> this actually almost sounds worse than twilight
2: it's really bad
0: at least twilight didn't shame bella for wanting to bang edward just wouldn't i mean, let her. <laughs> I, mean. <laughs> I
2: mean um so yeah it's misao is a complete, completely passive heroine. She can do nothing for herself. She is just an object for Kyo and everyone to fight over. She she is so... She's completely helpless. She gets kidnapped constantly. She cries constantly. Like, her only personality is how much she's in love with Kyo. Um, that is all she has going for that is all of her motivation. We never see her do anything else, but think about how much she loves Kyo.
0: I'm impressed you got through this entire series. You know, Uh
2: the duty called. (laughs) Um, Kyo, meanwhile, is a real fuckwad. I was getting that sense, yeah. (laughs) He's, He's very pretty, and he has these beautiful black wings, and the moment he sees Misao after so many years is he he grabs her tits and there's such a permissive attitude towards um oh well that's just well how guys are um Ugh, and I hate that. he is like he gets mad and he yells at her and he punishes her um whenever like she tries to do something on her own um a couple of times he he almost hits her uh it's it's really just like it's really awful and everyone around them in the series talk about how how obviously Kyo loves her and how he's such a good boyfriend and how he's such a good uh spoiler alert this is it's twilight they get married sorry um how much-
0: but Caitlin, which one falls in love with a baby? This is important.
2: <laughs> no one falls in love with the baby. No, that's although comicado. although Kyo's parents, <laughs> Kyo's parents, uh, her his mother was an orphan, and his father was the caretaker of the orphanage.
0: Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! And then. Um, this is just like an endless series of yikes. I mean, you don't have to listen. Yeah, no, yikes, sorry.
2: But... I get very heated about Blackbird. I hate it a lot. Um, so yeah, it's bad. It's really, it's it's not the most offensively terrible shoujo manga I've ever read, and I do see how it's compelling. It's very well drawn. You know, it's got a lot of drama. It can be sexy at times. Like there are like the scenes the sex scenes where that don't involve force or abuse or or crying those sexies actually are genuinely very sexy um, which is even more infuriating cuz god knows there's not enough uh, good sex in shoujo manga um, so i can see why and it was a hugely popular series both in japan and the us mm-hmm. it was one of their one of viz's best sellers for quite a while
0: yeah i remember um, that it's it's better than hot gimmick. <laughs> That's not just a do low where bar. We, where just... did we embed that bar again? Uh, uh, is it apparently in the, in the mantle of the earth. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault anyone for enjoying what they enjoy, but it does sound like this had like a lot of problems with it. So definitely one I've never been in. I've never been interested in uh, based on buzz that i heard that was to the effect of what you've been telling us and now i'm definitely not going to check it out yeah no
2: don't there's nothing in it for you d there's nothing in it for you
0: <laughs> well there's so much better shojo out there um i have several of them in my queue uh so heck bloody mary i just added to my list Yay. so um yeah i think i think we can i think i will definitely be avoiding that one um for sure so i we definitely appreciate that report caitlin Thanks for thanks for suffering through the entirety of Blackbird for <laughs> us, uh, so we don't have to, Manger. Um Now, uh, one sec, I, I need to turn this cassette tape over real quick, and then Caitlin, if you wouldn't mind spinning me over towards Rye, we can begin. <laughs> two to Mango, side B. Um, oh yeah. We're that's right. We're back. Another two to Mango because I read a lot of manga, and we had some good crossovers. Uh, this one will be, uh, another vampire series, because it is Vrai, after all. (laughs) I'm, I'm, Um, I'm obligated. I have to. (laughs) You, you know, it's, it's your brand. You have a brand, and you should, you should own it. Uh, so yeah, this is the case study of Vanitas. Um, it is written by Jun Mochizuki and published in English by Yen Press. Um, Vrai, could you give us a summary? You've read it more recently than I have, and, uh, I tend to, with Jun Mochizuki stories, I don't sweat the plot. I just get tangled up in the big emotions and character development so uh if you want to give us kind of a quick synopsis i think that would be excellent
1: yeah although um, let me say first it is bold of you to say that i read this because it's my brand when you came out of nowhere to say hey this is entirely your thing that you would enjoy very much and you were right oh yeah
0: uh yeah listeners basically what happened was I was reading volume 3 and I got to the point where I realized the trash boy was sad and was low key in love with the cinnamon roll vampire and I went how have I not told Vrya about this story yet? Uh, <laughs> and immediately told Vrya about this story and I think he went out and grabbed the manga like within a couple weeks pretty quick after yeah. that so <laughs>
1: and I wasn't wrong was I no your screenshots were very compelling um, <laughs> so the series begins with a vampire named uh, Noé Archiviste, who is on his way to the new world. Uh, it's like a fantasy London or Paris. Um, and while he's Paris, yes. Um, and while he is on the way there, um, he get the ship gets attacked by a vampire who has been cursed and is attacking humans, which in this universe is not normally a thing that happens. They are fairly segregated. Uh, and all of a sudden, this flashy mortal named Vanitas uh, appears and he says that he is going to cure all vampires and he opens this magical book um, and he is able to, uh, you know, and he cures the young woman and Noe says, Oh, Hey, that's the, uh, that's the book I was looking for. I I came here specifically to look for that and learn from it. So I'm going to follow you and figure out what's going on. Uh, and so it's, there is this threat, this ancient vampire who is invading, other vampires' uh, dreams and stealing their true name, which causes them to become, you know, shambling sort of eldritch monsters. And so Vanitas and Noe are working together to unravel what the heck is going on with this, um, while Noe is also in true sidekick fashion uh, working to figure out what's going on with this mysterious asshole that he has wound up working with. The sad appeals. trash boy.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, it is quintessential Jun Mochizuki. So anyone who has read Pandora Hearts, I think you will have a very good time and, and enjoyed it. We'll have a very good time with Case Study of Vanitas. Um, I'm an absolute sucker for these kinds of like big, messy, emotional fantasies. Um, so it's one of those series I tend to not think too critically about, which is when we put so when we put it on this podcast. I was like, oh, no, now I have to think critically about my like... Favorite trash series, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I overall i think it I think it handles its main characters really well. Um, I I think it has some it has some kind of issues with the way it treats its female characters, even though I generally like them.
2: Mm-hmm. What does agree. that
0: kind of does Does that make sense? Like, like they're cool they're cool ladies, and I enjoy them. Um, but I think the series doesn't. I think the series has a tendency to either kind of sideline them, or um, Vanitas, in particular, because he is an asshole, a lot of his, um, most of his assholishness is kind of, like, enjoyable, like OU, but, um, when he's messing with uh, Jean, it, it gets, it veers into the realm of uncomfortable.
1: Oh, those are my least favorite parts. Yeah. <laughs> those are, those are not, cause, cause it, it's full on, like, she's the tough warrior lady, but she gets all flustered when he flirts with her. Or plants one on her, but of course it's for plot reasons, so it doesn't make him an
0: asshole, except he's
1: still an asshole.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think the series is usually pretty good about being like, Vanitas kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, people do call him out for things, it's just he doesn't get, he doesn't always get called out for the things you want him to get called out for. Yeah. As hard as you want. Um, I- I'm also, like, I really like Dominique, but I am a
1: little bit wary because she is this fantastic, like, you know, mask presenting a lady who who comes in and saves the day and is Noah's childhood friend and flirts with all the ladies. And she's a lot of fun. And actually, there was an omake that was her and, and Joan hanging out. And more of that, please, forever. Good yeah, trip, I good like trip. them together. Um, but also, I have this sneaking suspicion that, she, that they're going to push it from she's Noah's childhood friend and he's the only one she can, uh, she's the only one he can drink blood from for plot reasons Too, she's secretly pining for him. And I would be extremely not about that be- because then it's like, Oh, she flirts with the ladies, but really she has the real feels for this dude. Mm, please don't do that manga.
0: Yeah. I-, I hope they don't go that direction. Um, if it's anything like Pandora Hearts, there will be a lot of subtext about a lot of different potential ships and it'll all just stay subtext. Mm. <laughs> um, you know so it, we'll-
1: it, Yeah, if it if it all stays subtext, it's, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. It does Boy, it's subtexting hard with 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 Noah and Vanitas though.
0: Oh, yeah, no. I again, I got to the end of that volume 3 and I was like, "Oh, Oh, we might be—we might actually be veering a little bit, a little bit harder into the uh, the BL with this series, and I got kind of excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I- I'm, sure I'm trying we've... to temper my expectations because it um, it runs in a shonen. It runs in one of the um, one of the gongon magazines, which tend to be a lot. They tend to be a lot more free and loose with the concept of shonen, and they um, a lot of their series are more targeted it's almost like shonen for girls and I hesitate to use that description because I think there's a lot of blanket terms in there that are problematic just by their usage. Mm-hmm. But I think you guys probably know what I mean when I say that. Um yeah, yeah, it's stories it. that it's you know it's it's action fantasy type stories that also feature, you know, like a lot of pretty boys having emotions at each other. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> right. and things like that. So I I'm personally very fond of gong uh shonen um, but case study does run in that magazine, and so I could I could very easily see it being one of those that continues to ship tease without ever really like committing. Um, that doesn't necessarily bother me um, yeah. as long as, as long as it doesn't go like full no homo. I'm perfectly happy with things like staying like subtextual and ship and ship teasing doesn't bother me at all. But I know some people it really does, so I always kind of try to temper um, my recommendations with that. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things like you know if
1: if it's across the board where just everything is subtext, uh, you know, male, 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 fe- uh, female, 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 if if they're all on the same level, it's it's fine, it's whatever. That's a background that's not the main focus of the plot, and I respect that. But if it's one of those things where like this is subtext, but this gets to be elevated to text, mm, not about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's frustrating. I totally get that.
1: I I do get um and. This series has been like started in 2012 right so it's it could be running for a while yet
0: yeah it's fairly new um she wrapped up pandora hearts and then started this one right away 2015 actually um they're releasing it chapter by chapter digitally yen press is actually so you can technically read the chapters like within a few days after they come out in japan mm-hmm. i don't but you could i just wait for the volumes yeah
1: same um i think this might be a sadden like the the opening the, the opening hook is let me tell you how I killed this guy, which they may or may not subvert that. But I'm preparing for it to be a sad, full of emotions. Uh, I've only read the first couple volumes of Pandora Hearts. I'm sure we'll talk about it more because you love it so much. But so. I love
0: it so much, and I and like a lot of a lot of asterisks on that. Like it is not a perfect series, but I do adore it. Um, I I I I expect bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Is what I will say I expect from case study, just based on just my kind of reading of the kind of things Mochizuki does. It will probably break our hearts, but I would say it will probably not be like a hopeless tragedy in the process. So, I can live with that. Hanging on to those two things side by side, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think if you are a
0: fan of, like, gothic fantasy um It's steampunky as hell, and I love it. Mm -hmm. There's this wonderful note in the back of the first volume where Mochizuki sends, like, the initial sketch of one of her airships to her assistants, and it is, like, the most detailed, like, expansive airship you've ever seen, and her assistants all send back, like, LOL, I'm not drawing that, and one of them's like, Miss Mochizuki, you have to understand, there are only 24 hours in a day. Humans (laughs) only have two arms. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. And I was like, I, anyway, my point being, it's very elaborate and pretty. Um, and, and I'm sure that her assistants were very tired by the time they were done helping her with it, but, um, her art is beautiful. So yeah, if you're into that sort of style and again, if it's anything like Pandora Hearts, it will be big, messy, emotional. Um, and if that's your bag, you'll probably have a really good time. It's my favorite trash. I support you in this. Um... Yeah, so that is case study of Vanitas. Hey, Caitlin, I'm tired of talking. Um, (laughs) Now that I've rage-dropped Ancient Magic's Bride, why don't you hit me with your best sell about what I should replace it with? And yes, this is side B again.
2: Well, I do genuinely think that you would really like a series called The Demon Prince of Momochi House, which I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure I've recommended to you before.
0: The name definitely sounds familiar.
2: Um, It is a... Uh, currently running shoujo manga, uh, being uh, released in the US by Viz's Shoujo Beatline uh, and written and drawn by Ayashoto. And it is about a girl named Himari Momochi who uh, receives a letter that a house has been willed to her on her 16th birthday. And she has been an orphan, um, she has never known her family before. And so she goes to the Momochi uh, house, but it is actually um, on the border between the human world and the spirit world. It is inhabited largely by yokai. And there is one human currently living in Momochi house uh, who is named uh, Aoi. And Aoi is the Omomori, the protector of uh, omomo- of Momochi house and he in order to protect it, he transforms into the Nue, um, which is a, a creature in Japanese mythology that's very powerful that so it is described as having the face of a monkey, the legs of a tire, tiger, the body of the tanuki, the front half of a, and the front half of a snake for a tail.
0: I just googled Sometimes, it. I'm yep, looking at pictures. They are complicated creatures. <laughs>
2: yes. But in this case, the Nui a is a beautiful, silver-haired pretty boy. Naturally. Of course. Um, and it is a very sort of sweet supernatural romance series. Um, Aoi is a very, very sweet boy. Himari is sort of in a tricky situation where she is locked into this world that she knows nothing about. Whoever sent her the letter about Momochi House... Probably does not have her best interests at heart because it is a dangerous place. It is full of yokai, and most yokai do not um, have good intentions towards uh, humanity. Um, they're kind of creatures of chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are chaotic neutral, um, largely. Sometimes chaotic. That makes emo. no.
0: That tracks. Yeah. Um, Usually, I would say chaotic neutral is is overall.
2: Yeah, most are yeah. most are chaotic neutral. Um, some are a little bit more m- malicious, but anyway,
0: and some are a little bit more benign. So,
2: so of, she yeah. is. So she is trying to figure out the mystery of uh, Momochi House, um, because Aoi is sort of trapped there as the uh, Omomori and it's uh, things are sort of happen happening. Um, he's completely been forgotten in the real world. Um, it's all a very mysterious sort of situation um but it is beautifully drawn um just absolute absolutely gorgeous art uh they are all so pretty all so beautiful um boys and girls alike but mostly boys <laughs> like it, yeah i mean it's, it's not. A it's it, it's not a reverse harem because like there's mm-hmm. no romantic tension between her and any of the other characters. Um, mm-hmm. It's just... It is her and Aoi from... Pretty, like... Pretty much... Uh, clearly from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aoi's a very good boy. <laughs> he, you he did is, mention that. He is... he's, You know, he hasn't been around humans since he was 10 years old. He doesn't really understand things but he tries um and he's not like cruel or rude or mean to uh Himari when she when she doesn't really understand Momochi house he's just like no 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 this is not how that works um how about you not do that and I'll take care of that as the new way um and he really How's does himari? Huh?
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um how how's Himadi as a character? She's
2: good. She's good. She's um kind of fairly active protagonist? She is she is she tries. Um so her main thing is that she wants to unlock the mystery of the Momochi house, but she's kind of in over her head because there's a lot of very powerful forces at play. It is um it is not totally episodic, but like the that plot is sort of background radiation for a lot of the time and then she'll end up stumbling on something that is dangerous and so that'll sort of set up the plot for the next few chapters it's largely episodic Mm -hmm. um but it's never like oh this you know this stupid girl is trying to do something that she doesn't understand she's putting herself in danger ah it's more like she's trying to do this thing and she's just it's so difficult but she's still going for it because she cares so much about Aoi and she really wants to help him because he is not going down a good path as the Omomori. It's not, um, something that is safe or healthy for, for humans to be. So that's sort of how it goes. It's, it's definitely a more of a sort of a mutual assistance rather than Mm -hmm. him rescuing her or her rescuing him. So it's, it, 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 it's just, it's nice most of the time the new is sort of the new as an aspect of aoi are they separate beings are they the same like and it's interesting because aoi is aoi is safe he's cute he's cute and he's sweet and he likes her a lot but you know he's he's still very like innocent and the new is definitely like like the new is not like trying to do anything sexual with her but there's definitely a more like a sort of Sensu- like sensual feeling about it like she is drawn to it um and it's dangerous and it is something that she is there's she's definitely not capable of understanding because it's, it's totally o- otherworldly so it's a sort of an interesting dichotomy between the like com- safe and comfortable and like sort of the attraction of the uh kind of sexy dangerous yeah it's it's just a been a very interesting read But every volume ends with a spoiler, so watch out... Or not a spoiler, a... um, A cliffhanger? Cliffhanger, thank you. Every volume ends with a cliffhanger, so watch out for that.
0: Um, Just real quick before we move on, um, are there any other female characters, or is it mostly uh, dude yokai who show up in the story? It's mostly dude yokai. Okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. There's not...
2: They're all... They're all pretty boys. I do have to say one more
1: thing before we move on to the last thing because I forgot about Vanitas. Early on in the story there is a point where where, where the story introduces a sad, pensive, cursed vampire named Louie, at which point I said, Fuck you, Junmochizuki, and I guess I'm ride or die now. Alright.
0: Well, <laughs> but thank you for reminding me that there was an interview with the vampire reference uh in in Vanitas. Thank you for that. Yeah, I might check out Momochi House. It uh it definitely sounds. I'm I'm placing it on on the scale of yokai driven shojo. Um, it sounds like it is maybe not as good as Natsumi's Book of Friends, but maybe better than Kamisama Kiss. So, um, probably probably something I, I might enjoy. So and definitely for folks at home who like yokai driven supernatural romances. Um, which in fact, um, guys, this has been fun, but I really miss hanging out with the two of you together. So how about we bring it in for a group hug and wrap this up by chatting about a series all three of us are reading. Sound good? All right. I'm about it? This segment is called Group Hug, by the way, folks at home. <laughs> um, there were so many more simple names I could have used, but no, I went with Group Hug. Uh, the series that we will be uh, finishing up with here um, that I think all three of us are um, pretty on board with is The Girl from the Other Side. Uh, it is written by Nagabe and published in English by Seven Seas. Um quick sort of summary i mean it's more of a mood piece the plot is i mean there's definitely a plot but it's it's fairly slow paced Mm. um this it takes place in sort of a medieval european style world um where uh humans live uh inside the city gates and it is called the inside and then uh there are these sort of um black animal like creatures who live in the outside um And the story takes place in kind of a middle ground. It's a recently abandoned village um, where there is uh, one of the creatures who just is called Teacher, who is taking care of a little, probably what, like five, six-year-old girl? Seems right. Um, And uh, the two are supposedly, if she touches him, she will uh, carry his curse and become one of the outsiders as well. Um, but the two of them have this uh, very sweet sort of trusting relationship as they kind of try to unravel the mystery of um, this world and sort of stay safe from the humans who think she's cursed and who think he's cursed and are just kind of trying to live on their own in this in this village together. Um, did that, do you think, did that do with the story, Justice? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, you mentioned
1: with Frau Faust that you were, you picked it up hoping for like, a ancient uh Magus Bride without some of the baggage of that series, and I kind of feel like that's what this is. You know, I, I'm somebody who liked the uh Magus Bride OVA, but couldn't get into the series for uh reasons. But I I felt like a lot of what I had enjoyed about that series is is here. Like it's it's very quiet and pensive, and there's um it's not quite drawing off. It, it it's not quite drawing so explicitly from uh, English folklore, but there is very much that that feel about it. It's uh, of like that you get from Fae stories of like there are certain rules in place and you're just expected to know them, but they're maybe unspoken and it gives things kind of a, a spooky roundabout. Um, if you've ever read a Neil Gaiman short story, it actually kind of reminds me of of that kind of feel. It does have that tone to it. I would agree with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and I really like the scratchy ink pen art style. Um, these are really quick volumes to read, I think like 20 minutes maybe, but but they they use negative space so well, which is something I really like in manga. Um, I, I think that the main relationship is really sweet. Yeah, I've um, like it's it's a su- the actual plot elements when it, they do crop up are as subtle as a sledgehammer to the face, but I find that kind of endearing. How do you mean? Um, like, well, like, you know, the stuff that's about prejudice and inside and outside and is the curse really real and or or is it just because we are afraid of the outsiders as people who are inside and do- denominations of our arbitrary denominations of uh, of of groups in group out group? And I'm like, oh, oh, you're saying a thing, but you're doing it really stylishly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of curious to see. What sort of a thing it is saying, because, I mean, the curse does seem to have some, and again, trying not to get too spoilery here, the curse does seem to have some actual, like, repercussions and parts to it, but it, Mm. it, I'm curious to see if that is the curse itself, or or if it is, like, the act of being outcast that causes, uh, people to kind of lose parts of themselves, um, so because there's there's kind of a whole thing with memory in the in volume four. And I haven't read volume five yet, it just came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, me um, either. it's it's in my yeah. next write stuff order. It's on um, hold at the library. Well, there you go. Um But I'm so I'm kinda of curious to see if it's trying to do any one to one parallels or if it's just kind of it so far I think it's done a pretty good job of being sort of just an umbrella concept of outcasts does that make sense mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's pointing specifically to any one like group or type of prejudice and saying that it just seems like it's more dealing with kind of a broader concept and i'm i'm curious to see where it goes with that because i think it could be good but it could also be a mess which a lot of these sort of fantasy analogs to real world prejudice often are right yeah, um but it is but the central relationship between um the girl does it what's the girl's name she has a name shiva um between Shiva and teacher is really endearing um I think the series right you said they're quick reads because so much of it is told through um image like there's not a ton of dialogue Mm -hmm. um I think it I think it does a really good job conveying the the trust between them and like how important she is for for teacher who's you know been alone out here for so long um the elements of kind of like the uncanny with some of the other outsiders um Mm-hmm. are are I think really well done like there's some parts that are genuinely kind of unsettling and that that use of the just all black and all white um art style tonally fits the story extremely well mm-hmm. um and and I think kind of lends lends to that that uh air of eeriness throughout the story I'm really into it um it's one of those where I don't want to I keep thinking I should write a piece about that and then I'm like mm, I should wait until the entire thing is written before I write a piece about it <laughs> um but I'm I'm always excited for a new volume, and I'm always um, I just get I just get sucked right into the world. It it is generally like I wouldn't call it a
1: horror series, but it it does do the eerie quite yeah quite well. yeah
0: it's more like a creepy. It's kind of like a gothic ghost story. Ah mm-hmm. uh, you know? yeah,
2: I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I like and I like um, I like Shiva. Shiva's a pretty well written a small child
0: she feels like a like a small like a kid yeah
2: yeah like sort of the way she sees the world and her understanding of the world um is very similar like is very like true to how sort of how i don't know how old she's supposed to be let's say but let's say like a four-year-old
0: is yeah i was and gonna her, say around five yeah That's my best and guess.
2: her her sen- like her sort of her sense of humor um i would say she's a she is she's more like innocent Mm-hmm. then kids that age are like, listen, I work with four and five year olds. Four and five year olds can be terrible. Um, and so she, but she's just always like very, very sweet and well meaning. Um, but overall, just like her outlook is pretty accurate to a four and five year old, which mm-hmm. makes her a lot more endearing. And it really does bring, make, makes like sensei's teachers sort of mission to protect her from the curse and their connection um, resonate.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're both very gentle characters, I think, which is, which is used kind of in contrast to both the outsiders and the other humans around them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and makes you, you know, it does really feel like they've sort of carved out this space for themselves um, in this world where neither side really seems to um, understand or approve of what, of what they're doing.
1: And I think it helps that the,
0: like, the various
1: there are different kinds of antagonism they're facing. Like, the 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 human antagonists are not the same feel and kind of threat as the other outsiders, which I think yeah absolutely very the conflict yeah well
0: yeah the the humans are a pretty straightforward like, mob mentality we hate we hate the cursed kind of thing. But the the outsiders are are a much more fascinating kind of otherworldly element. Um, which again is I just I really, really like this series, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's really interesting and and kind of unique. Yeah, and again it's one of those that any any time I pop open a volume, I pretty much have to read the whole thing in one sitting. Um, because I just get I just get completely pulled into the the tone and story and it's 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 one of the most I think I think it's a very complete series as far as like art story dialogue everything just kind of coming together to form this this very particular type of story that the author wanted to tell
1: is nagabe a pen name i i don't think they've i, I can't find anything else that they've done
0: i assume so but i've not i've not dug into the writer at all so i don't i don't know anything about him
1: hmm. hmm. anyways it is it is good uh, i think this is one we we would all unilaterally
0: recommend yes yes yeah, yeah, I would. Absolutely. And that's why it was a group hug. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll I guess I'll I'll play us out, folks. Sound good? Yeah, yeah. All, All right. I think let's this do has it. gone well. Okay. Yeah. And that brings us to the end of our manga monster mash variety hour. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chatty AF. Um, we were flying by the seat of our pants and <laughs> with any luck it turned out it turned out well. Um, if you did like what you heard Tell your friends, and if you really like what you heard, we'd love it if you'd head over to www.patreon.com backslash animefeminist and become a patron for at least $1 a month. Your support really does go a long way towards making Anime Feminist happen, both in print and in your earbuds. If you're interested in more from the team and our contributors, please check us out at www.animefeminist.com, on Facebook at Anime Fem, on Tumblr at Anime Feminist, and on Twitter at Anime Feminist. And that's our show. Thanks for listening, Annie Fam, and we will catch you next week.